BBL. <laughs> we are back. Welcome back, Shed. It's uh, been a while since I've seen you, mate. We did a bit of commentary work together, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago now, and then you've gone MIA. I didn't think you were going to be here. Yes. Now it does take a toll on you working with you, but um, <laughs> so I have recovered. It's been a busy couple of weeks. Um, football, obviously, finishing up. I went down to Melbourne to watch the grand final, and I sunk a few bottom beers uh, while we were down there. Can't remember much. I'd love to tell you more, but I don't actually know what happened. Couldn't see the enemy nose. Are you glad you just went to the game, though? Because it was a ripping game. I didn't go to the game. I went to the Garden State Hotel oh, in the middle yeah. of Melbourne there. Okay, that makes sense. But, uh, no, it was a great, great time. Mostly Brisbane people in the pub that I was in, which was nice and refreshing. But Better than being on this pod, that's for sure. Oh, they seemed to float in the Collingwood supporters later on in the afternoon, and they were lipping, and it was making me real cross. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's good to finally have a non-Collingwood supporter who they couldn't make it for grand final week. But, of course, when the celebrations are on, they're the first on the door. I reckon Corey came straight from the MCG into the studio and just grabbed straight on the mic, which people would have heard his cracking story last week, which was a great tale. But uh, we've had a heap of sport over the last week and it feels like things are ramping up. Obviously, the AFL is on a bit of a deceleration now. You've got trade period where I feel like they're just making up stuff as they go along just to make something of it. It's one of those things where it's just like this bloke could be going here, this could, and it's like the season's over with sort of. I used to be a person that loved trade radio and really get into the vibe of it, but now we have a sports podcast. There's so much more out there. You get the optimization of NBA around the corner, which we're about to get into, NFL, EPL with our From the Spot podcast, horse racing on the weekend. So there's plenty of sports out there for people that do love AFL and NRL. Is there anything you want to touch on around the world before we get into our NBA little breakdown? No, I think uh, I'm going to have enough to say about the topics that we're going to bring up within the podcast today. So it's been a massive couple of weeks in sport. It has. So we, without further ado, we're going to do a little bit of a breakdown for the West and the East. And for those out there, your West is to your left or and your East is to your right. That's for Corey, who doesn't understand the concept of the conferences. <laughs> How many times does he say that? I don't know which conference they're in. It's, to break it down for people, which everyone, I feel like a lot of people should know, is that the West is going to be your West teams in America from basically down the middle and then your East is your teams like your New Yorks, your Miamis who are on the right. And then, of course, there's a few there's a few tricky ones in there, but they get grouped a little bit nicely. Once you sort of have a bit of a look in it, we go, well, you know, it's about – it's probably they've probably got it right. So just to reduce travel, but what are we going to dive into first, Jack? Are we looking at the East or the West? Uh, we will look at the West and I want to hear from you – we, we like start on a positive. A team that you think is going to surprise people this year and jump up a little bit from maybe either the position or where you think that they're actually at. Well, so we're going to go the jumpers first. I've actually got the Golden State Warriors jumping back into the top two of the Western Conference. Um, I've got Steph Curry, obviously had a huge season last year. Clay, all those standard names, but I think uh, with a bit more consistency through injury of Draymond, Wiggins, uh, who are, they've just added someone. Chris well. Paul. Chris Paul. Oh, God, how did I forget that? Chris Paul added, and the depth of their rotation is actually quite deep. I looked at their practice game against the Lakers there the other day, and like Gary Payton coming off the bench. Kaminga. Like, there was some. It looks like that championship team from like two seasons ago, where you just like, there's actually not a person that can't like that you can actually target here. And like Dario Saric, I know like not a huge name, but like a nice role player that could actually. Be a big to spread the floor, which is probably and something that they the haven't had yeah. for a little bit. So I've got them jumping a little bit. Have you got them as well? 
I don't have them. One team that I've got and um, early to call this one considering health, but I think the Pelicans actually improve. I think with a healthy Zion like we've spoken about plenty of times on this pod, and then you've got Brandon Ingram, who I think can get you 20, 25 a night. He's interesting. CJ McCollum's still there. Dyson Daniels is a great role player, I think. I don't think he's at that status yet where he needs to be. And then you've got Valanchunas at the centre. I feel like they're nearly a complete team. Herbert Jones, Trey Murphy, Trey Murphy's injured, I think he is. But the rest of the team, I reckon they're actually stacked and their, their run home last year at the end was incredible. And I think that they'll go all right. I've got them probably around, just got it here, fifth to eighth. I reckon they're fifth to eighth in the seed, which isn't a massive jump considering they were ninth, but I think yeah, their ceiling's around the fourth to fifth. I just think the top teams are too good. I think you're probably right there. It's all probably depending on Zion. Like I think everyone's got him uh, like possibly an all-star season, which and I think their GM might have come out and said the other week or maybe this week just gone like it's the first season that he's actually taken seriously since he's been in the league and you're just thinking like this guy was like doing a 30-12 and like not taking it seriously, like, please explain. Yeah, so exactly I'm right. really scared to nearly see what he's going to be able to do considering that the Spurs might play them four times this year. That's the optimization that I have around them. And then, of course, you've got that injury factor which can play a part and Zion can be a little bit of an X factor. And now for the, the next team that I think that will drop down a little bit, I think the status of him not playing Jar Morant, I think that the Grizzlies do drop off. I think that they probably finish around fifth to sixth um, they finished second last year, so that's the reason for that. But I think Jar missing 25 games and the rest of their team, I just feel like the culture's been a bit disrupted. They've lost Dylan Brooks, who wasn't massive in the playoffs, but he was good for team chemistry. I reckon him being out is a massive loss, and I think that they'll start the year poor and find a hard way to get back into it. What have you got? It is probably, well, it's hard to match second. Um, again, like there's only one spot to go up. So you'd probably say if a betting man, they're probably going to go down. But I can still see them holding a top four, especially like with Marcus Smart coming in, providing possibly a little bit more stability. That's very true. Maybe stability than um, what's his name that went to the Rockets? Uh, Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, sorry. He's probably like a little bit less erratic possibly. Yeah. Um, so they might need a bit of a veteran uh, gritty defender, which is definitely what Marcus Smart brings. But my slider, I had... Probably in the same boat, a bit of a safer bet. There's not too much further to go up. I had the Kings sliding down, but I've got them sliding down possibly into the play-ins. Yeah, I do too. I was really impressed with what they did. Obviously a really young squad, but uh, unless they just take another leap, which is hard to do two years in a row, like a bit of a sophomore woes, it's going to be very hard for them to repeat the dose of what they did last year. Another big news in the NBA is the uncertainty around James Harden at the moment, where he's going to go. But I think that that plays in again to Philadelphia probably dropping off. As in they finished third last year. I think that if he leaves, it could be catastrophic for the organisation in terms of where they're going to be left at. I know that Tyrese Maxey can play that number two role, but I just think that uh, Joel Embiid looks unhappy and they could be in a bit of strife, Philly, towards the end of the season. What are, you, what are your thoughts? You could say that nearly every year about Philly. Like they have one person in a few out and then like we're not quite sure what we're going to get, but... Like Joel Embiid just does Joel Embiid things and goes, you know what? I'm just I'm going to win 45 games by myself, and then someone else can win 10. Yeah, he and does then, have that ability, doesn't he? And then we'll be sweet. And they won 54 games last year, but then you slide down to Brooklyn Nets in the sixth spot with 45 wins. Like so, that's only nine games. Like it's easy to miss nine games. Like you can slide a little bit, but I feel like 
Philadelphia just seem to bully the East a little bit, don't they? Yeah, um, they do. They'll beat the teams that they've got to beat. And I think that they'll still finish in the top eight. It's just whereabouts in the top eight. I think they'll finish. And I think one and two, Boston, Milwaukee, they should have that sewn up. Mm-hmm. They did it last year. And then they've added pieces of Drew Holiday, the Boston Celtics, and then, of course, Dame Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. So I think the top two sealed, and I think Cleveland maybe have a bounce back. There's reason, there's reason to see why the Sixers could drop off. I've got Brooklyn. And now this is I've got them as a like a not a contender possibly, but I've got them on the up, but not up from six. I've got them holding a sixth or a fifth spot, considering that everyone's probably penciling them in for ten, eleven. Yeah, I think with Ben Simmons like having a bit of a dip, and like the squad that they have, like Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, yeah, like they Nick are, Claxton on defense, they're actual nice, like good squad. And the as we said about the East, like you've just got to sort of beat the teams around you a few times, and then you've you've jumped up five spots before you know it. So yeah, and I've if, got, my, if playing my Pistons, there's four wins just there. <laughs> That's right. So I've got yeah, Brooklyn Nets is a one to watch for me. I like it. I like it. We'll go to our first break, and then we'll get into the other sports after this. Shed's just going on an absolute tangent on an EPL news, and that's why the chant was brought in, mate. Was the accent all right? Yeah, I don't know. We've got uh, we've got a live audience here today, so we'll see if they give the tick of approval as we go along. Thumbs up, <laughs> Thumbs so up. Far. Yeah, we. we like that. Uh, right, let's get into the EPL now. Uh, United win in an absolute thriller. Two injury time goals. Uh, Scotty too hotty. Scotty McTominay was massive in the end. And Bruno Fernandez actually got me out of the match, which I thought was interesting. But obviously, McTominay hasn't really cemented his spot in the side over the last season or so. The, from the spot, boys, we'll be breaking this down into a lot more in depth than what we do. But we'll just give a bit of a listen out there for the weekly wrap, just to entice you to listen to that podcast. Absolutely. He, he seems to just turn up sometimes, and then other times I give him a bit of a go and does nothing. But um, as an absolute balls up from Brent, Brentford is probably more uh, covering the cracks there from the bees. But Man United get the chocolates. Uh, I don't think their fans would be too happy with it, considering. Well, they'll take the points, but the rest of the ninety-four other minutes that were played, I was reckon it covers the cracks for them as well. <laughs> yeah, that's ways, right. Just for what's happening at the club, but it's interesting to see how they're going. Liverpool they stole to a two-two draw with Brighton. I think they didn't really make the most of their opportunities, but. One thing I will say, and it might be a little bit biased, but after watching it consecutively week after week, Allison is the best keeper in the world. We would be so stuffed without him. Yeah, Our defense has been so sloppy this year. And Matip, Gomez, even Van Dyke's had his moments where they've been shaky. Robertson and TAA out and left back, right back, they've been shaky as well. So he's stopped some enormous shots, including one this morning our time, Australian time, of course. So Liverpool just not up to it. Brighton being very impressive this year. It's probably expected to kick on a little bit from last year, and they have, but they're sort of in a bit of a holding pattern, like half of the uh, from eight to about third in the Premier League. They go, right, they're on now, and they're going to get on a bit of a run, and then they just have a bit of a trip and a stumble. But when two good teams come up against each other, um, you expect good battles, and that's nearly what it was, apart from that Van Dyke little pass that cost them a goal. They probably could have gone away with the chocolates there, um, Liverpool. Yeah, they could have. Arsenal beat a shaky City 1-0 thanks to a late winner from Martinelli. Funnily enough, in that game, it was 12 shots to Arsenal to four. So I think it comes down to a mix of things for City. We're just speaking off air about it, how De Bruyne has been out of the side. 
spoke about at the top of the episode as well. And I think that that plays massive effects on Haaland and the way that he sort of operates around there. Obviously, they tried a few things. They had Kovacic play up in the middle, which was I thought was really weird. It could have been playing in the showers after two, like studding some people in the legs twice in two minutes. But anyway. <laughs> exactly right. Um, and then Aki, or Ak, whoever you want to say it, He's played centre-back before, but they've played him on the left a fair bit throughout the year. He comes into the middle, so it's all a little bit discombobulated mm, a little, for City at the like moment. Uh, and Arsenal, credit to them, they got the job done. Absolutely. It's probably is it nearly danger signs, I think, for City. Like, we know you can nearly lose the league off. Well, Liverpool have lost one game and lost the league before. So uh, the first time they've lost two on the trot since 2018, I believe I've seen the stats today. So Wolves away and now Arsenal you know, they need to probably fix it up while those players are away and the quality that they have should be able to do that, but just a bit of a question mark hanging over them at the moment. It was a scrubby win, but a win nonetheless. And it's interesting to see how City's going to go from here. This is the first time we've sort of seen that, geez, they're not the powerhouse that we thought. And I still think that they are when they're fully fit, but you can only play with who you got in the park and they're really struggling at the moment. Credit to Arsenal though, probably. It was yeah. a gritty win from them and one they probably needed to get back on track as well. Correct. 10-man Tottenham win and go top of the table and we're loving Big Ange instead. He has been enormous. It was. I did watch this game. Um, they should have probably been 3-0 up in the first 10 minutes uh, if it wasn't for Rochelson just not knowing where the back of the net was and putting it into Dan's living room behind uh, <laughs> Kenilworth Road there down at Luton. But um, Oh, it's a gritty performance, though. Yeah, it is. And they've, Madison is just becoming one of the best players in the league. Um, he'd be team of the season so far. Uh, what a signing for them. And they lose Harry Kane and everyone goes, oh, no, let's bag out this big mm. Aussie bloke. And now everyone absolutely loves him over there. He's the talk of the town. So oh, it's interesting. And I wanted to get your um, opinion or a bit of a bold statement around the EPL. You said you were going to touch on, as we do on this podcast. Yeah, I am. Um, I've just, well, dust is settling a little bit. I think we're 10 games in or eight, eight games in. Eight games yep, in. 10 yep. games in the championship, sorry. I've been, you know, watching another team. Lose, 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 lose. <laughs> um, I think I've nearly got my mind around three up, three down. I think the three that have come up are genuinely definitely going down. I think they've been well off the pace. I was talking to Kieran, our young Englishman, who's um, living with me at the moment, and we said there's usually one that comes up and sticks yeah. and has a bit of a crack. It was Fulham last year. Uh, Leeds maybe two or three years ago we finished seventh. One usually comes up and makes a bit of an impact, but they are all shitting the bed a little bit and just not – well, Sheffield United have been close a few times, but they're just not getting points on the board. So it could be scary signs for the bottom three, I think. Luton had their win and I feel like that's about it we're going to get from them and it is a little bit disappointing. To see that, um, but I think the top 10 in the Premier League is wide open as it's ever been. Top 11 if you include Chelsea, but no one ever really does. <laughs> but that's enough about the EPL. Like I said, if you want to listen to that, uh, tune into From the Spot episode. They'll have a review of the EPL for the week, and then they'll also have a preview going to the next week where we give our predictions. They're unwarranted. Um, they're just a stab in the dark, so don't go throwing $10,000 on it. Uh, but, yeah, we love having a bit of a prediction on here and enjoying the sports, and that's what we do. But there's World Cup happening right now in the cricket, and, Shed, this is absolutely more your category than mine. Absolutely. So we have had a round, basically, of the World Cup. I believe there's – I think there's 10 or 12 teams. We'll go with 10, I believe. But there's some little bit upsets. There's a few performances. There's a few things happening, which were a few surprises, but there's a few locks, if anything, um, 
I haven't given much insight there. But anyway, we'll break yeah. down a little bit more. So we've seen England sort of start off a bit slow as reigning champions. Uh, we've seen Pakistan nearly lose to the Netherlands. Uh, we've seen Australia absolutely go nowhere near India. I'm a little bit expecting this to be the biggest walk of a World Cup since 2015, uh, Australia at home. I think India are just going to walk this in undefeated, like absolutely just take it to pieces. I feel like Pakistan might be the only team that might be able to match them on their conditions unless South Africa bat like they did the other night and they made 423 or something like that, the highest um, World Cup total that uh, team has made. So Quinton de Kock, Aidan Markram, like they they gave Australia a bit of what for just before in the in the World Cup warm up matches, and they've carried that form in. So still wide open. But my prediction would be India just to walk it really. Um, but there's still a long way to go. It's one of the longest tournaments that cricket World Cups ever seen. So wait and see. A few injuries either way might sway things, but who knows. As long as those pums no, go no good, that's, Absolutely. that's what I want to say. We'll go to another break and then we'll break down the NFL at the moment. There's plenty happening there. Cody's been a busy man. Give me a couple of notes, but he hasn't been available for a podcast. So we'll break down the just results. Quick, just quickly, sorry. It needs a bit of a shout-out once we're on cricket. Did you see Fraser McGurk? Yes, Hicksy did send it through. Oh fastest 100. God. The in fastest professional. Shield? I don't, worldwide. The fastest professional A-list 100 in any format ever. 29 balls. 29 balls, beating Chris Gale. He played a domestic T20 comp over there. Um, he made 30 balls, and A.B. De Villiers in a one-dayer against Australia, something like this, 31 balls. But his second 50 was off 11 balls. 50 yeah. runs off 11 balls. Like He was absolutely spanking it. So shout-out Fraser McGurk. A gun fielder, and he's only 21 years old. So one to watch out for for South Australia. Huge male. That's why we call you the mailman. We'll be back after this. It's time to break down the NFL now. The main NFL Sunday has been completed. So I'll give you a breakdown. I did obviously some tips across the social media much to the uh, disagreement of the group chat in in terms of who should win. And it was correct because the Jaguars get it done again in London by five points against the Buffalo Bills. And now I'm at the question mark where you go, can we trust Josh, Josh Allen? He was unbelievable last week. And then you see this today. Bit of Caddy Perry, bit of hot, hot cold. Yeah. Um, I did say Jag Smokey, but you decided not to put that in the reel. I 100% agree on that. And I've seen another video of them saying that the Jaguars love playing in London. They just get it done. And I'm like, it was so good last week. I'm like, there's no way Josh Allen's not on a winner right now. Mm. I don't know. Um, the boat needs to play in sub, sub-degree sub temperatures to win. Trevor Lawrence just quietly going about his business. He, the uh, hype train that he came in with is slowly just starting to get get going out of the station. So. Just be wary of my little jags. I like it. I like it, even though you are a Packers man, so that's weird. But, <laughs> uh, the highest rushing yards as a quarterback amassed a whopping 14 yards, which was Josh Allen. Admittedly, he did get a tutty. He got a touchdown. But if that's the most running you're getting out of your out of your whole rushing brigade, I guess you could say, and it is 14 yards, I think you're in a bit of strife. So they need to sort that one out quick smart. And I think their offense... Um, does struggle with uh, inconsistency sometimes. Mm. Well, they've done well to score 20 points then with that stat. 
Yeah, correct. Uh, the Patriots absolutely stink. And my big call <laughs> that I've been waiting on for a while is Bill Be- Bill Belichick has to go. I think he goes. I don't care about the record. You got done 34-0 to zero today to the New Orleans Saints, who also absolutely stink. And I just I just can't see it how they can continue to go, well, we'll be all right. Mac Jones is going to be the answer. No you, good. They're how, no good. How many weeks? I give it if they get beaten. I think because of his respect, again. it's not talked about enough. I give it six weeks. If it was a new coach, they'd be chopping his head off already. It'd be already okay. gone. I, I give him six weeks. Wow. All right. So if if Belichick is not gone by the end of the season, I'll go heave. I'll give our stubby holder to anyone that I see in public. So before week 10? Well, we're at week five, so give me week 12. Before week 12. Before right week on. 12, Belichick goes. If not, I'll give a free stubby holder to anyone I see, but just don't come up to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, <laughs> they are no, do stinking it. it up. Let me know about it. Let me know that I absolutely stink at my predictions. But <laughs> I just think that they're terrible. Yep. Um, and my, my tips are terrible as well because Cody let me know about it. Steelers won. Cody was bang on about that defense. TJ Watt is just a machine. He is a machine. Another two sacks and uh, they just find a way to get it done. I'm not that convinced in them as a team, but I feel like they're just going to have those gritty wins where they get it done. Yeah. Um, playing in a questionable division as well, so they might be able to get a, get that top spot and probably possibly get a high wild card placing for a home, home uh, playoff game. But the Ravens are a little bit disappointing there. I actually said Ravens. Yeah, thank God you didn't put that one in. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Right, see, we're honest about it. Absolutely. But the Steelers, you know, they're, they're turning up. So well done to them. I do like to say it. Uh, the Lions smoked the Panthers. I tipped that one. Yeah, if you didn't tip that one, you're a loser. Uh, <laughs> the Dolphins do it easy as well. They had to get the job done against the Giants, which they did. The Bengals are back. And Jamar Chase is scary good. He had 15 receptions, 192 yards receiving, and three touchdowns. Yes, but they were playing the predicted worst team in the NFL. But we were also going to be zero and five if we didn't win that one. And Joey Burrow, I said it on the reel, put him on ice if we don't win this. And they got it done. They might just find a bit of momentum now and get the ball rolling. They, they've done this the last couple of years. They've started really slow, and then so they're one and four. They're one and four. Long way back, but they're going to have to get on a serious, serious roll. Yeah, correct. Uh, let's be honest. Russell Wilson isn't that guy anymore. So coming to a Jets loss, thirty-one to twenty-one. Zach Wilson had a couple of uh, really weird decisions that he made as a quarterback. Uh, they got the win done, thankfully. And if Zach Wilson can keep that team at the moment, I believe that they're two and three. Did he do much? He was okay. He was just – he got the job done. They obviously got the points. They had 31 points, so they're not too bad. But for me, Zach Wilson, if he can get that team into a over 0.500, if he can get them above that and Rogers potentially comes back, he will look like the saviour. I don't think he's that guy that's ever going to win you a Super Bowl or whatnot, but he needs to try and get the Jets 0.500 or better before Rodgers gets back. He's building into it. I think Rodgers being back might be a bit of a stretch because I think the season might be done and dusted for the Jets by then. Um, But Broncos, I don't know what the hell's going on in there. If it was a basketball team, we'd be saying blowing it up. Blow (laughs) it up. Uh, I think, well, they gave up a lot to get him. Russell Wilson, but I don't know. Um, there's so many reports about, especially last year, that he wanted his own locker room. He wanted his own chef. He wanted to do his own thing away from your teammates. It's just yeah. like, I don't care how much money you're on. The whole thing is like team energy. Like Tom Brady spoke about it so many times. So many athletes do get everyone else to buy in. And if that's his attitude. Broncos country, let's not ride. because they, <laughs> <laughs> Let's ride the hell away from this guy. <laughs> yeah, he's been terrible. Um, and my big question uh, that comes down to this is who can stop the 49ers offense right now? Because the Cowboys sure as hell can't. 
Well, Cowboys defense, we were playing it up as, what, the best in the league. They were like, oh, this is the best since the 80s, Cowboys, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they got absolutely stomped. So it's a massive question mark, but I think – well, Brock Purdy's just doing the job, isn't he? Like, I've found a massive diamond in the rust. Mr. Irrelevant is just absolutely turning it on there. We might have to save uh, Cody's little nugget there for the votes, which are coming up after this. But Dak Prescott as well, he's not that guy. He's unpredictable. He has no game time awareness as well. And after watching this game today, they're down by, I think it was 18 points at this stage, middle of the third quarter, and he throws an absolute Hail Mary onto a two-on-one down the field. It, it was that far away from his wide receiver that the safety had that much time to catch it and then make up another 30 yards afterwards. And I'm like, the game is on the line there. You're halfway down the field. I know it might have been a third or a fourth down, but that is such a dumb play. And then the, just like that, the game time awareness from the 49, as you could see, they just took over from there. They managed the clock well, ran it down, and they absolutely smoked them. Jameis Winston-like, possibly. <laughs> yeah. And even uh, from the Chicago Bears, who – uh, what's his Justin name? Fields. Justin Fields. There's a bit uh, with his quarterback tendencies as well. But, uh, yeah, Dak Prescott wasn't that great today. And I think the Cowboys need it. There's such a solid team around, like we said, the defense. Um, they've got a few wide receivers. They'll be thereabouts. They'll be thereabouts. It's just their issue of not getting it done when it matters. Absolutely. Well, it'll be issue. interesting to see. Have the Eagles and 49ers played yet? No, they haven't. That'll as be far a, as I'm aware. They will play each other because the Eagles and the Cowboys are in the same division, so that'll be another one to watch. But what have we got left? Packers and Raiders. Packers 40 plus? That's what you've got on that clipboard then? Uh, yeah, I can write it down for you if you want. <laughs> uh, the Raiders, uh, again, I don't really rate them much myself. I think as bad as it is to sound for a Tuesday night game or a Monday night game, it'd be Monday, Monday night, night for America. Football for them, um, yeah. Who are you going to tip? I'll give you this one. And by how much? You're a Packers fan. Uh, I've got, well, the line would be at three and a half, I reckon, just your standard three and a half. So I, I reckon I'll go Packers will cover the points of three and a half, so by more than four. I literally need to look this up now because I actually want to see what they are. Um, we will be getting into our votes now as well. So if you want to start with the MVP, Sheb, while I'm looking this up, we'll right fire away. We like to start on a positive note and really bring it home with some fraudulent activity. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so one vote, I've got Oscar Piastri for uh, his first win. It was a sprint race, which is... Uh, the line, in- sorry. The line, by the way, is plus 2.5 for the Packers. Oh, house. House. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on it. Go for um, it. Yeah, sorry, Oscar Piastri for his first win in a sprint race in Qatar. Uh, he started pole but got overtaken by a few strong cars but was able to work his way back and uh, a few late overtakes and get the points. So it was a gritty... Uh, Pretty win, so it was very good for him as a young driver to get that podium place. Two, I've got Newcastle for beating PSG in their first home uh, Champions League game. Uh, it was absolutely electric atmosphere from all reports from my reporters in the stands. Yep. Uh, so two votes to them. And Fraser McGurk, we touched on it just before, uh, world record 129 balls gets the three MVP votes. Enormous. He'd be happy with that too. We'll send him a package. Broad time. We'll do an honourable mention as well that we Have did it. speak about as well. And uh, it goes to a horse by the name. Let me give me a second. I just had it up. I don't know where I've lost it. Um, but he's got done. Romantic Warrior. So he was a red-hot favourite coming in at two bucks. Lottie says on the lottery, listen to that podcast as well, if you love your horse racing, that he's the best horse in Australia by a mile. 
Um, and he came fourth. So Gold Trip won that, was paying about $30 plus. So everyone, uh, if anyone got on that, congratulations, a former Melbourne Cup winner. But We, we had it for a place in the punk club, so yes. happy with that. 380 for a place for a Melbourne Cup winner. Yep, huge. So Lottie got, Lottie got the tip on that one. He also had Romantic Warrior, which was a flop, and he was lucky not to get a vote this week for the Fraud Award. Absolutely. The Beanstalk rolls on, though. Um, I've got one for the AFL Trade Media. We did have it at the top of the show. And if you have Daniel Goran on Instagram, he is absolutely taking the mick out of it at the moment. He's just like making some very funny content. So go and, go and check him out. Um, I've got two of the Patriots. We just touched on them. Absolutely smelling it up. 38-3 to last week against the Cowboys and then 34-0 against the Saints. And the Saints aren't meant to be that much chop. So uh, they're smelling it up. And Week 12, baby. <laughs> week 12. He's gone. <laughs> and three votes. I've got the Cowboys. They yeah. talk the talk and they have not walked the walk. They've got absolutely smoked there by a reigning, oh, uh, sorry, a major Super Bowl contender. That's why they're cow boys, not cow men. So if you watch Stephen A. Smith on first take this week, he'll be <laughs> absolutely roasting them and it's going to be comedic gold. So Cowboys, three votes, put it on the whiteboard. Mate, you've been huge this week. Uh, in front of the live audience too, you've been incredible. So thanks for joining us again this week. Like I said, make sure you check out the other podcasts, all the reels, let a mate know, all that fun stuff along the way. Like and subscribe. Yep, like and subscribe. <laughs> I won't say what Corky usually says as well. I've got a question. I've got a question, possibly a viewer engagement question. Uh, I, I don't, but uh, next week I'll have a question out there for the listeners. So uh, the first one to sub that one in will win a prize. Might be another stubby older. We've got a few of them to give away. We love fan engagement. So let us know your thoughts on any of the subjects. Legends, talk to you.